all right. Do you want to get started? Why don't you introduce yourself, and I'll introduce myself. All right. Are we using our real names? <laughs> yes. Why <would> we? <laughs> We're not using our real names, are we? Of course. Really? What are you talking about? I mean, I don't. I can't put my real name out there. Stop it. I'm being serious. Why? My real name? <laughs> It'd be in, freaking me out. When we have code names. I don't. I would. No. No. We what? don't. Then we you're don't. using your real name and I'm using a code name. What are you talking No. Just call me code name. <laughs> I, I was not expecting this part. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand what's happening. What? What, what, I, no, what do you mean? The code names. These are real names. <laughs> we have to. <laughs> you're joking, right? Is that why you're laughing? No, I think you're joking. I'm not joking at all. Tell me, give wow. me one example of a podcast where okay. people don't use their real names. Yeah. Me, Mr. X. <laughs> or code name. What is going on? The only people that are going to hear us is our friends and family probably anyway. So they know who you are. I never thought about this part, I, I guess. And in the back of my mind, I always assumed code names. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds insane. This sounds insane to me. Why? Because this. I mean, I I don't I don't know. I just if you really want to use code names, you come mm -hmm. up with my code name and your code name, and I'll do it. But this is weird. And then when we start putting it out there, the people who are yep. going to be promoting it to most are the people that we know because we're going to put it on Facebook and things like that or whatever. What? Yeah. And then they're going to be like, why are you using that weird name? Code names. <laughs> Code names, man. <laughs> but why? And then they're going to say, but why? How about this? We call the show Code Names and we use Code Names. That's it. The show's called Code Names and that's why we do it. We'll say, listen, this is what we'll tell people. We'll tell people we needed a, a, a podcast. This was the only one we could get. It was called Code Names. <laughs> And we figured, fuck, <laughs> we had to use code names. Went to the podcast store. Yeah. We looked in the podcast bin. That the podcast cupboard was bare, but for <laughs> code a, names. a completely unwritten podcast, except for the name, code names. And then we have to mostly talk about code names, or at least give lip service to the code names. The first 13 minutes, at least. <laughs> probably the first 14 minutes is probably centered around the code names. After but, that, they just talk about the Grateful Dead. <laughs> I don't know, man. This code name stuff is working out pretty well for me. I think maybe this is a podcast. <laughs> we just ride the code names as long as we can. And then... Yeah. We, you, the Grateful Days of backup. Oh, that works. No, okay. But then you tell me what my code name. If you're serious, and I'm, mm -hmm. I am at any point, we can fall back on real names. But I yep. <laughs> any second now, before, and, but mm -hmm. we get deep into this, and and then we're just code names. Code names. Yeah. What What are they? I hadn't thought about that. <laughs> I'd say that your code name is. I still want to be Italian American. Oh, okay. That narrows it down a little. <laughs> so it's Tony. Uh... Tony Linguini. <laughs> no. 
you let me pick. <laughs> Fuck. That's it. Tony Linguini. <laughs> and I'm Linguini Tony. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't supposed to be a comedy podcast. <laughs> it's supposed to be about the music and see what happens. <laughs> All right. So you're Tony Linguini. <laughs> I'm Linguini Tony. So you're Tony. You can call me Gweeny if you want. <laughs> is, that, is that really it? <laughs> Code names with Tony and Gweeny. And we never tell them why. <laughs> All right, man. So. Oh. <laughs> All right. Should we just do some music or something now? All right. Let's do it. All right. We don't even have to. Let's just never use names. I think that's what's gonna happen. I just that that is what I realized. I just don't ever use a name. I just talk to you. You talk to me. Cool. We never introduce ourselves. All right. The first song, and I've got it. One, two, three, four. I got five versions of the same fucking song, and it and they're all great. Mm -hmm. So why don't we just actually just listen to all of them the whole way through? We can talk over it. Yeah. And on this first one. Uh, the recording fades in over mm-hmm. a decent amount of time. So it's going to seem like it's a little quiet at first. Oh, cause they like, they lost some of it or something. I don't know. It just, it just, the recording just fades in over a, a long time. This is the kind of research you're supposed to do. Why is it fading in? Why? I, I have not done probably the level of research for this episode that I would for other ones, if this one works out, but I didn't want to put too many eggs in this basket. So All I right. did a little bit of work on it. Okay. But I think it's good. It'll still cool. be good. Let's do it. Here we go. Yeah, those cymbal crashes are crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of Jerry. I guess I'm not hearing a ton of Bobby. So it's early, right? You were, what were you saying before? Yeah, it's, uh, it's 1967, actually. Oh, 67. Wow. I guess 69. Yeah. 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 His voice is so good. Yeah, that, like that young Jerry voice is just like a little more yowly. He did a lot more like vibrato back then. And this is a thing like in the, in the 60s then. Remember like everyone did those hear a lot of that vibrato in people's voices. Mm-hmm. Very airplane. Yeah, yeah. That early Jerry guitar sound too. He was playing a SG then? I don't know, in 67 he may have been playing that Gillen Starfire he used to play. Or... Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I should have looked that up. <laughs> It's a lot of stuff. 
and it just builds. Yeah. The whole song just builds. Not hearing any keyboard much at all. No. Is it usually organ with pig pen on this one? That would be my understanding. There's a ton of hits. How does this only exist in like a bunch of generations of tapes? Yeah, he's, he really does have like that. Um, that, that vocal quality, it's like, um, it's like that lonesome sound, like the bluegrass guy singing. Right yeah, because he's coming right off of that, the bluegrass stuff he was doing before the dead. Yeah, but he's really got, I mean, he really has that sound in his voice right there. And this build on, on his guitar is sick. Was there two drummers in 67? Yes. Oh yeah, Phil is doing it too. Phil just does like these like built up like going up and down sort of the scale and just building up and down that way. And then it just drops. Yeah. There's a symbol thing. That is really cool. Oh, that's all awesome. Those symbols are sick. Yeah. Crazy. It's not something they did all the time. That's really yeah. cool. It's wild. It makes it really psychedelic. With drum groove, it's really groovy here too. Like. Yeah. Got side sticking. Whoa. Jerry's voice got really high there. Whoa, it almost felt like double time. This is crazy. Yeah, the rhythm section is pretty sick. Jerry together complimented really nice there. Okay. 
It's like Bill soloing <laughs> along Bill's with Jerry. Crazy. Yeah. He's the second lead guitarist. Yeah. Sick. So melodic. Yeah. And those cymbals. Yeah, like this, part, this part just feels almost like a sped up, like a sped up symphony. It has that orchestral feel to it, but it's just way too fast. But it, it's yeah, it's crazy. Well, those cymbals too make it like that crashing cymbal just made me think of a yeah. like a cymbal player in an orchestra, just like Psh! like Falooza. <laughs> Falooza. <laughs> It's making like so much noise, too. They're making a lot of, just putting a lot of stuff out there. Hearing a little more Bobby now. Yeah, it's probably at some point they realized he was just like dominating, couldn't hear anybody else. Now Phil's dropping bombs. Yeah, real low end. So obviously, the song is Morning Dew. Yeah. And that version actually is the first time the dead ever played it. Wow. wow. That's crazy. 1967 at the Human Being. Yes. The first wow. live performance of that song. How in, how, now, how insane. <laughs> yeah. Those symbols, man. That... That was from the beginning, just those washes of yeah. simple, and it's and it goes throughout, or at least comes in and out, and yeah, and Phil, like the way Phil is playing, uh, lead during part of that jam, almost, and yeah, and then dropping bombs later, yeah, really cool. All they have is you know they've got these verses. Um, I, I mean, I guess it was a recorded song. We'll get to that a little bit, but um, yeah, 
you know, they've got these verses to, to interpret however they want. And this concept that they did right from the very start of, you know, having it kind of rise up and then drop down and rise up almost the same way that, um, I know you rider does, you know, how mm-hmm. some of the verses are more forceful and then some of them, Jerry kind of brings it down and then he oh, brings yeah. it back up. And yeah, and that's, you can see that here in this, this one, 1967, first time they ever played it and you can hear it right away. And it, I, I don't think it ever really changed. I mean, we'll, we'll find out as we yeah. throughout the course of the show, but I haven't, I picked some dates that I'm not really, well, some I'm, I'm very familiar with, but, um, there's one that I don't know at all. But yeah, I know what you're talking about with the the vocals, like uh, in I know your rider when um, doing like "Wish I Was a Headlight" and he's like mm-hmm. yelling practically. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There's and sometimes it, then sometimes it's real chill and then other times it's real intense. Yeah. Let's get into the song a little bit, shall we? Let's do it. Yeah. So it's a cover. It is a cover. Yeah. And. Um, version we just heard like i said was at the human being golden gate park january 14th 1967 so an early early yeah 67 show all right who wrote it canadian singer songwriter bonnie dobson wrote mm-hmm. it in the very early 60s she performed it a couple times in 61 in la folk clubs yeah it's about like a nuclear holocaust, right? Yeah, here's what she actually says about it. This is her talking. I wrote Morning Dew during my second or third engagement at the Ash Grove. She sounds just like you. And- <laughs> yeah. All right. It's me reading her words lest anyone think otherwise yeah when i'd go to los angeles i'd usually stay with my friend joyce naftalin that's an important Mm -hmm. fact joyce and remember that name okay and it was in her apartment that i wrote morning dew i can't give you specific dates but i do remember the circumstances and here they are there had been a gathering of friends and toward the end of the evening a discussion had ensued about the possibilities and the outcome of a nuclear war. It was all very depressing and upsetting. The following day, I sat down and started putting this together the song. I had never written or even attempted to write a song before. Whoa. Yep. Crazy. Took the form of a conversation between the last man and woman, post-apocalypse, one trying to comfort the other, while knowing there's absolutely nothing left. Oh, see, I always thought it was from one point of view. I didn't know it was from back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. It's a conversation. So one person saying, walk me out. And the other one's like, can't walk you out. And one's like, I think I heard a baby. And the other one's like, you didn't hear no, you didn't hear no baby. There's no baby. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's very, uh, it's very depressing. That's right. No, I guess it's obvious when you say that. Yeah. That it was, it's uh, back and forth. Yeah. Anyway, let's should we move on to the next version. All right. This next one, we're going to jump ahead a little over three years. To May 2nd, 1970. This is a famous show, 5270 Harper College. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, there it is. Oh, man. Right off the bat. That, yeah, the way it all comes in is just like, Wah. yeah. It's like you're sucked into another reality. 
Yeah. Gary sounded way more like mid-rangey now. It was really high-end before. It might have been the recording, but that... Yeah, I guess I guess they did the symbols enough. That's why it sounds so familiar. Oh man, it's vocal. Jesus, his voice is so it's it's different, but it's um still so sweet. It's more mellow, but still like that. What do they call that? High hollow sound or whatever it is. I don't know that. Yeah. High lonesome sound. Yeah, high lonesome sound. Yeah. It's a little more refined. I can't have my eyes open <laughs> when I'm doing this. <laughs> Too many sensory inputs. His uh, touch on the guitar, the dynamics with just each note having its own perfect volume is just insane. Yeah. Still missing the keyboards on this one. That's a different sound for the song. Those notes is almost like a country twang to it for a second. Mm-hmm. Just washes over you. Like a crashing wave. It's almost like it's almost like each verse is a different day or time, and oh, those yeah. symbols just like wash you from one scene to the next. Yeah. Feels a little more reserved in this one. Yeah, let's see where they take it. Yeah. So far, I meant. Don't fucking boss me. I'll see where they take it. <laughs> if I want. Wow, yeah. So twangy. Yeah, twangy. That, that bend. That Yeah, it's a 
almost like he's thinking of this version as like a country feel to it. Those notes that they're doing, those like, I think that's something the dead put in, not the original version of the song. A new part of the composition. I've never actually heard the version of the song. Maybe it'd be fun to listen to it. Yeah. Seems like something we should have thought of. <laughs> I think I would have done that. Still, still more reserved than last time. Yeah, oh, wow. That, that, yeah, fuck, is a little bit different of a cadence on those notes, and he normally does that. It was just like a little different than I'm used to, and like a little more twangy. I'm trying to find a picture of him actually playing at this show. Uh-huh. Because I think this is when he was playing on his that strat with the American flag sticker on it. Was it the white strat? No, it's a natural strat. Oh. The nat strat. <laughs> nat strat. Wouldn't it be great if I could just find a picture of them? I guess it doesn't anyway. I don't know what that is. I guess it doesn't matter Well, I can tell you that on May 1st, the day before, he was playing that natural strat. So I'm gonna then guess it seems that. likely that he probably did it. Because he also shortly thereafter went back to the SG. And, yeah. um, and that is not this. That sounds like... You know, it gives him a much... It's weird because it gives him that later sound because that strat is so I, sound is so iconic. Yeah. Yeah, I, Clapton, Clapton just described moving from an SG to a Strat is like the when he moved to the Strat, it sounded like this swirling, uh, more psychedelic swirling sound, whereas the SG was this just biting, like driving sound. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> That's why I brought it up. 
I mean, that's country bands. Like, those are Willie Nelson licks. Hey, why is he so country here? Way more, like, the, the 67 version was all, like, psychedelic craziness. And this is, like, the twang. And twanging. Twang is hell. Yeah, Phil is definitely more reserved, too. I really would like to hear a little bit more. I mean, I'm not hearing any keyboard again. I was listening to this dead show, and these two assholes kept talking over it. <laughs> symbols are back Washington yeah this is much more emotional than the first one yeah again I felt the first one like was less emotion but more like of a, a head fuck you know like Yeah, like on that one, you could, on the last one, you could imagine Jerry doing those moves where he was like lifting the guitar up and like twist the body one way and twist the guitar the other way, you know, and he's like, like going you know, really active. You can see him playing his licks and moving, moving the guitar up. He's kind of moving a little bit here, too. Yeah, yeah. I love those old movies of it where you see him moving around like that. So sick. Oh, wow. That was crazy. That was crazy. It's less, certainly less twangy now. I don't, I mean, you, could, you yeah. cannot sustain the twang through this build. I mean, listen to he's playing like power chords. Listen to how like. Yeah. He's still leaving like so much space in between like the chords. I know. Oh, it brings it back to country. That's a great version. Great version. I don't know if it's if it's real or what. I mean, I like to imagine that it's real, but like after all of that, the the emotion that he puts into his voice at the end just feels like it's such a result of everything they were doing before. Yeah, I I think um, I don't think he was faking it. Because later on, 
he, you could tell he wasn't faking it because <laughs> he wasn't trying anymore. <laughs> so I don't think he ever really ever got up there and faked it all that much. No, I don't think that was really his thing. Although, I mean, you know, there had to be some nights that where he wasn't feeling it. He just did what he could. But yeah, yeah I guess he was a trooper. I mean, you know the story about like right where he, he like pushed Phil down the stairs or whatever. And he told it on some movie or something, but like he, he's I don't know that story. Yeah, no, he, he, he was super pissed. He comes off stage and he's like, that sucked. And he like was, was so mad that everyone was so low energy and it sucked so bad. He pushed Phil down the stairs and he's like, Phil and I were friends. And oh like, my word. Never have done that. And he's like, then we went back and listened to the tapes and we ended up using it for a live recording. Cause it was so crackling with energy that, that it was like, and he just, at that point he gave up uh judging his own performance on uh, live like when after the like you know while he was doing it he he realized he didn't know who realized this jerry that he didn't jerry. really know how good it was while they were doing it and his interpretation while he was up there was often very wrong and that was what he realized at that point was this very early on or i don't think so i th- i think i think it was kind of part way through i, I can't remember when but he said, he, yeah, he literally pushed Phil down the like stairs. 92? No, 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 no. <laughs> no. No. Now, this next one is a very famous version of it. And everybody has probably heard it already because of a very famous documentary. Long the Dead Movie? Trip. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they talk, they tell that great story. I hope it's true. But th- that story the sound guy tells about leaving the van because he was like, I'm here in Europe and it's now and this is happening. I don't know. It was really kind of vague. But then the, the point is he gets out of the van. Yo, because yeah, he yeah, feels yeah. like right here, right now, I yeah, need yeah. to watch Jerry play my morning dude. Right, right. And like he says that Jerry turned his back to the crowd and was weeping during the solo. All right. Now, I don't know if that's true. But I sure hope it is. This is exactly no <laughs> one year, exactly two years and twenty-four days later. Good math. This is thanks May twenty-sixth, nineteen seventy-two. Strand Lyceum. Oh yeah, in London. There I love this go. show. Sound is so good in this recording too. This is good. We haven't been washed over yet. And I still don't hear any keyboards. There it is. Where's the keyboards though? Are you hearing keyboards? I'm just crazy. Why won't you talk about the keyboards? <laughs> I'm trying to listen. <laughs> fucking talk about the goddamn keyboards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There it is. Keyboards. Keyboard. Yay. Not, not the boogie woogie piano that we're used to. No, it's good organ. I, that's what I thought it was. I thought it was, uh, yeah, like a. He always played like a Hammond, right? 
something worldly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Can be a worldster. No. No, Maybe that's a sousaphone. <laughs> <laughs> a falusaphone. <laughs> I really think the keyboard. Hear that piano keep. You didn't hear that piano just go. I, I did. No, I did. But I think the whole. I was talking, unfortunately. But the keyboard. Yes, that organ. <laughs> the organ adds so much to the whole thing. And I'm used to hearing it. Love that sound. Now he's. And now I'm hearing piano. No, it's organ too. That's yeah, organ. <laughs> but wait, listen. He'll go back to the piano. If it's like last verse. He knows what's right. There oh, it yeah. is. Yeah. That was, no, that, <laughs> that's organ, you turd. No, I know. I'm saying that. It was a oh. keyboard. That's the piano. <laughs> Sorry I called you a turd. <laughs> I thought I just heard piano again. I think I did too. It was like, bling, right? We're really on the case yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, this is the first time we've heard of Bloodhound gang. <laughs> Get into the fucking keys. Oh, yeah. Bling. Bling. Did you hear it? I heard it. Yes. But he's doing it with... The, uh, he's doing it with a different hand that he's also playing <laughs> at the same time. Organ. Organ. Yeah. Isn't an organ a key type of keyboard? No. It is, but you say keyboard, it's uh, not specific. Yeah, these, this organ right now sounds very is very much like uh, in that vein of like your time is gonna come. Yeah, yeah. And whatever that organ is, sounds like this organ. Hammond. But yeah, the particular settings, yeah. This one's even more laid back, right? Than the last one. I'm sorry, are you talking about keyboards? Because <laughs> if you're not, I... Uh... <laughs> Isn't it, though? More reserved. Oh, yeah, it's real chill. So when you're picking these, are you picking these because these versions are particularly lauded or because the show in... or um, For this first one, I tried to make it easy on everybody and pick, like good song everybody would know and yeah versions people would be familiar with but they probably have never heard back to back to back and it would be interesting just to hear the ones you already know back to yeah, back yeah. to back yeah that's the second time you use the term lauded i want to stop saying that lauded yeah delauded if it's twice it's dilauded That sounds like piano. Nope, he went right to the. As soon as I say piano, he goes right to the keyboard. <laughs> unless I'm just don't know, unless my ears don't work. <laughs> That's piano. Yeah. That sounds like a piano. Yes, it's piano. Or at least an electric keyboard. No, it's piano. Because now all of a sudden I know the difference between a keyboard and a synthesizer. <laughs> it's definitely an electric keyboard. Um, 
Does Bobby ever play on the song? Yeah, it's not him doing that part. The din and nail. I think so. Din and nail. I don't know. Din and nail. It's not a lot. There, he, I hear the kind of harmony there. I feel like, yeah. This, I love this part. So cool. It is. Are you really like? That rhythm, you're just setting yourself up for like getting off time somebody fucking it up. This song makes me do that thing where like I have to squint my eyes because it's like too much. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I, I, so like, emotional. This this yeah, is by far like, the most emotional version. It is the most emotional song they do, I think. It's a very emotional song, but of the three versions we've heard, this is like the most like wailing. Yeah, it is not a like newly beady 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 version. It is definitely like a like yeah, my guitar gently weep sort of emotion. Yeah, Jerry did really. Yeah, not trying to play. A lot of notes and playing the right note. There's some good Bobby in there. Yeah. Okay. They bring it right back down. Yeah. I gotta say, if nothing else, man, this is super fun. Yeah. And I totally just heard piano and keyboard playing at the exact same time. Did you hear that? I mean, does he have one on top of the other? I don't know what he's doing. He's got two hands. It's so crazy. Yeah, he, he has at least two hands. Oh, man. Because Pigpen didn't go on that tour, did he? Oh, man. No, I think you're right. That was... Uh, this is Keith. Right? Oh, it does We're, say that Pigpen plays on some of the songs, but which... He plays some of them, yeah. I didn't think Pigpen... he went to Europe. I guess I'm wrong about that. <clears throat> well, does it say he's on this song? Do they have that? It's not broken down like that. Just by show. And then he played some. The re- their dynamics are incredible right here. They're so quiet. The mix. It's not not even just the soundboard, but the ability to play with that finesse. Each of them. The drummer. I'm so, I'm so stupid. What? Um, this is actually the last show that Pigpen ever sang a song at. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. But he didn't but 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 he so wasn't he was... playing all the songs at that point, right? No, I, I don't think so. I think he so I think this is he. Could be both of them. 
There it is. At least it's two different keyboard sounds. It's much more likely that one of them has four arms and it is that the two of them are playing at the same time. At the at the at that point in Pigman's life, it is more likely that Keith had four arms than Pigman was playing. <laughs> oh man, poor Pigman. Here we go, Jerry. Take us out, man. That Oregon's really building. That's definitely piano and keyboard at the same time. <laughs> I just proved it scientifically. And, and the, the, the long, like, held chords on that organ right now are really doing it for me. And it's still so slow, they haven't picked up the tempo at all. No, and I really wouldn't expect them to, but it, it is really the perfect tempo for the emotion you want to get out of it, I feel like. Even more mellow. Yeah, the mellow I think after, like after the oh, kind of did this thing at the end of this. Weedly, deeply. Yeah, even the end wasn't as yeah. like he went down. With it. Yeah. So that's that version. I mean, that's yeah. a, that's an amazing version. It was, uh, man. You know what? Did we talk about the keyboards? Because I feel like they really. We should have taken the time to talk about the keyboards. Maybe we can go back and record. So if you if you are listening to this and <laughs> we, we talked at all about keyboards during the song, that's because we went back and tape put that over <laughs> at the top because it was just shy of um, sufficient amount of keyboard time. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, let's just go right into the next one, which wow. is this is all coming fast and hard. Yeah, this and this one is. I would dare say that if anybody has heard a live Grateful Dead show, it this is this it. show. Uh, 77 no yes yes okay five yes uh yeah seven seventy seven five eight seventy seven five eight cornell cornell barton hall people say this is a great version here's the deal Uh uh-huh two drummers again yeah there were not two drummers on the 72 version we didn't get all those washes like we would normally get with two drummers the one we just listened to was not two drummers no you conveniently left that out 
Until right now. Well, and there was no Mickey in 72. Yeah. All of 72? Yeah. 71, partway through 71 through 74. No Mickey. Some would say it's one of their best periods. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, this next one, 5, 8, 77. Um, oh, and let me go back and say something about the 70s show that I did know and I should have said and I didn't say. I would love that. Um, that Mount, that morning dew that we heard uh-huh. um, at that Harper College 1970 show was like the 30 somethingth song they had played that night. What? Because. If you recall, that Harper College show was one of those shows in the 70s where they would do a full acoustic set before. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They would come out and play electric, and those acoustic sets are fucking awesome. Um, they're very, very good. I remember having that Harper College tape um, when I was in high school, uh, loving it. The acoustic stuff, so good. But let's hear in a different context. After three legendary ones, let's see how Barton Hall Stands up. Also a great recording, though, the quality. Great recording. This is a Matrix I pulled. Nice. It's going to sound a little different to people. It's not just the, the soundboard. Why don't you go ahead and describe what a Matrix is to some of our fans that might not know? Okay. Our fans. <laughs> For some of our moms that might not know what a Matrix is. A Matrix is... Uh, where you take a soundboard recording, which is exactly what the microphones are hearing, so there's no audience sound at all. Uh, there's none of that atmospheric echo or anything like that. That's the soundboard. They take that and an audience recording from the exact same show. And they put it together and make it feel like you're at the show, but it's not the, the terrible quality of an audience. It has a great soundboard crispness to it. So it's a, a really good mix. If you want to hear any crowd noise, sometimes I just don't want to hear any crowd noise. But every now and then a matrix is fun, especially this one, because we've yeah. all heard 5877 so many times. It's a good idea to do it totally different. I think I have like a DTS surround sound version of it with the audience in the back and the um, soundboard in front. Oh, yeah, those D the DTS. Um, the first time I had ever heard of that was when you played it at um, your house that night. It was amazing. Yeah, it's like you're at the fucking show. It was, it wasn't like the Great Woods show? or No, it was this. It was this show. I thought it was a fish one. I thought we did that for fish. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I have both. But yeah, maybe I played a oh. fish show for you. I think it was a fish one we listened to, and I, it blew me away. It was like sitting on the lawn at Great Woods. It was insane. passing of CDs meant that you don't get those now anymore. Yeah, probably. Probably right. You can definitely tell that by 1977, the microphone technology had gotten much better. Yeah. Just, I don't know if it's better. Let me just say it's, it's gotten cleaner and crisper. It's hotter. <laughs> Yeah, there's some piano. 
Don't don't let me forget to talk about the keyboard. You definitely hear Bobby though. I feel like the Matrix is a little bit off on this one. Are you getting a little bit of almost really like does. an echo feel? Yes. It's like being in the back of the stadium instead of right in front of yeah. the soundboard. <laughs> like the sound is bouncing off a wall. Jerry's still singing it though, man. He's not mailing it in. No, I mean, 77, they're still pretty. Yeah. They're doing it. But I mean, you've been singing the song for 10 years now. Remember, this, the first one we heard was 67. This is 77. 10 and a half years, and he still can bring yeah. the emotion when he's singing it. Yeah, it's got to be tough. He's a professional. Yeah, I remember when he adopted Natalie Portman. Like, his articulation is different. so good it's so different every time everyone we've heard let's talk about that a little bit how different is his voice in every single time and it's still so good getting yeah. raspy i know it goes raspy. from that like warbly 60s psychedelic uh vibrato to that like high lonesome sound to the like emotion like almost raw motion like soul music yeah to hear it is yeah you get that rasp like you're saying I gotta say though like the clean and I love this show and I've always a lot of people say it's like overhyped whatever and I've always uh, defended it but I right now it sounded a little too clean to me I think we can wait the Matrix I think the Matrix is a little off I should have gotten a better quality one but I mean that's a crazy loopy thing he just did there it's just like I just but for me I it's it's a personal bias but I love the um, distortion and the raw sound of like the earlier versions and this just their guitars are too clean it sounds jangly this jangle doesn't work for this. This is, uh, this is Wolf, though. This is a show he played Wolf on. He got Wolf back. Wow. I think Bobby sounds really jangly, though. A lot of piano, not much organ. Prefer the organ over piano by far. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, you know what? This isn't doing it for me right now. Really? Not, not feeling it as much. Yeah. I thought that solo was amazing. The solo was good. The notes were good. The se- I'm, I'm all about tone right now. Yeah, the aesthetics. I'm, I'm with you. When the aesthetics of a tape are off, it's hard to like it. No, no, no. I'm talking about their instrument tones. I'm talking about playing piano instead really? of organ, which I prefer organ way. And I, Bobby sounds jangly. 
Bobby's guitar is not, I mean, uh, uh, Jerry's guitar is not growling and like uh, distorted enough for me. I just, I'm not, yeah, it's not, uh, I don't know. Don't judge it harsher than you should just because it's Barton Hall either, though. Give it a fair shake. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm one predisposed to defend Barton Hall. That's what I'm saying. That was a nice little pad. What's a pad? That little, like, um, just that little boom, boom, boom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, like, fell laid down there. It's interesting that it's super slow, but the drums were still just driving there. You get a lot of bass drum, yeah. There's a lot of bass in this. That's why I think part of the reason I really like the recording of the show, there's a ton of bass. Yeah, Phil drops those bombs in Scarlet Fire. And uh, Dancing in the Street. Ted Dancing in the Street. <laughs> Every time I hear that song, I'm just like, Ted Dancing. Ted Dancing in the Street. Just standing there. Ted, get on the fucking street, asshole. <laughs> Or Manson give us treats. <laughs> Definitely a lot more. It's like Phil's just like just laying down like bass sounds, and it's it, it, the interplay is, is with Jerry and Keith instead of Jerry and Phil. Jerry's just making it rain right there a little bit. Yep. Yeah, and I talked over it, but you're right. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, I mean, but you know what I mean. Like he, he, it's he and Keith that are like intertwined here, not him and Phil, like in the prior version. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, 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 right. Watch Groundhog Day there. Groundhog Day there, day. Needle nose Ned. <laughs> Ned Myers. <laughs> Right? Am I right? Here comes Phil. Nope. Thought he was going to take off. Jerry is, though. Jerry's going to start crocheting. Yeah, Phil's just kind of holding it down, not really like. We're back to two drummers. Ruining it. <laughs> At least Mickey isn't playing 100% cowbell on this song. <laughs> His weird contra rhythms only on a cowbell. And gong. <laughs> Whoa, felt like double time. Keyboard. Whoa. Really picked up. Yeah, this is really having a nice peak. 
company bend, just bending everything. Phil's doing a little more now. I always want to know what song is Phil hearing because the way he plays is so unique. It's not how I could ever think I would play. No, no, and and, and I play bass, and I don't, and I don't so know either. Is, so what is he hearing? I don't know. He was real into like that, like weird French music concrete stuff, and like I think he just is just a way out there guy when it comes to music. He just he's a savant. The rhythms. Jerry's doing that thing he started doing in 72 there, right? Yeah, the squeedly squeedly, yeah. Yeah. Up high in the middle, middle. Friends. Ah. All those chords filled don't yeah. You know there were some deep knee bends. <laughs> deep knee bends during that part. You must have had really strong quads. He's still relatively thin in 77. He's got the gut, but the rest of it, yeah. Really builds. The drums are crazy. The drums are crazy. Wow. It's all drums right now for me. And Phil right now. This is a unit. This band is a unit right now. They are they are one. Yeah. They are all they're a fucking freight train. There is no ego right here. Fuck. Alright, man. This is doing it for me right now. That's what, that's the thing about this one. That's what I've heard that's what I've heard said. Is that the crescendo in the barn Yep. Morning Dew is fucking sick. That's what did it. It was a little clean for me early on, but then the end got real dirty. Yeah, and imagine how good it would be if we weren't listening on that shitty Matrix. Well, I don't, I don't know, man. It's, it's, yeah, it's fine. All right. So I say we just go right into it. The last one. Yeah. All right. The last one got some raves online. If mm-hmm. I picked it up, I've never heard it. All right. Um, it is. Let me turn that off. It is September 11th, 2001. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it is September 18th, 1987. Madison Square Garden. 87, you said? 87. The dead's Shut home the fuck away up. from home. Wow. Here we go. Yeah. Is it going to be Plinka Plinka fucking... Oh, God, these keyboards are going to kill well, me. They're going to fucking see. kill me. 
Let's well, see what Brent does. I think by 87, man, these guys were locked in and they were having a lot of fun together. So let's see where they take it. I'm more worried about I'm more worried about Mickey's cowbell. I'm worried about my fun. Exactly what you wanted. You have to admit, it's back to the organ sound we liked. I walk you out in the morning All the voices, I think this one fits the best. Yeah, it's a little weird. It's, it's weird to hear it so low. It's not, I mean, compared to like the high sound you had before. And when I think of this song, I think of the music from the earlier versions, but I think of this this voice singing it. To me, this is like Jerry's ideal morning new voice. I listen to so little 80s though and this just doesn't even sound like Jerry to me though it's crazy but you like the keyboards right yeah organ yeah actually Brent on the um, Hammond pretty good Yeah, and the recording quality overall. You hear all the instruments really well. Feels a little too far back in the mix, though. What Phil just played there? Did you hear that? No, I missed it. I was thinking about something else. <laughs> I really was. <laughs> we get in the game here. The fuck? <laughs> he just played something crazy. My wife yelled at me. 
got yelled at. I'm thinking about it. Oh, the organ's there. Just listen to Phil. Yeah. the way the two drummers are working together much better yeah I was just thinking that the drums work before it's not really good yeah like that that's good yeah yeah wow wow that's Mickey with those big tomahawk sticks but Jerry's voice there too already come back from a diabetic coma at this point. I know, yeah. This is Touch of Grey video, Jerry. Back to that like high end sound for the guitar. Yeah, he's just very mid. Right into this like a '67 or the '70s version of a solo, isn't it? Yeah. Because he started, he was not real mid range for a while there in his tone, but his tone is really high end now. Jerry does where when everybody else goes down to the starts the new measure off on the root note and he's either a half or a full step down and he waits like an eighth of a beat to bet oh, to yeah, then it, bend it up to resolve it it's so crazy yeah not mailing it in 20 years later no. i'd also like to know what bass Two phil is playing at this point because phil's sound is very like it's gotta like the attack is very upfront on his bass sound couldn't have been modulus yet at this point i don't think yeah it would be fun to have pictures He's it's a real low end. He's dropping bombs, but it's but it's got this high end attack, and when he hits a note, 
Yes, it does it The clapping is surprising. To New York. Unique yeah. New York. <laughs> <laughs> the human torch was denied a bank loan. Yes, it does So what beer are you drinking? Right now, actually, um, a uh, Hill Farmstead Difference and Repetition. Do you know Hill Farmstead? Nope. Up in Vermont. Uh, pretty much the best in the world. Kind of surprised about you. That was nice. Yeah. He like gave up on the verse and just like picked up his guitar and started wailing. His That's sound like is DS one. Yeah, I was gonna say his sound is more distorted now than it was yeah. in that seventy seven oh, yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. It's like Boss DS one. Yeah, maybe. I think he did use one. I'd be surprised if he did actually. He's the boss. <laughs> I thought that was Tony Danza. No, that's who's the boss. I said that's he's the boss. Alyssa Milano is the boss on that show as far as I'm concerned. She's boss. Yeah. Jerry's still ripping. 87. Ripping. Old, st- old school... Solo, it's not like any of it's like it's still like this song. I don't yeah. know what it is, like it's the same, like it didn't get this is 87 and it didn't get 85, 85. You know what I mean? Still fucking wailing. Yeah, it's ripping. Symbols are back washing. You there? Oh yeah. Whoa. That's Whoa. Crazy. Okay. Crazy. Yeah. It's all about this. It's all about this crescendo. It's all about the build up. Like wow. Sliding down and coming right back up the neck. There it is. Bell bomb. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. So there it is, man. Five yeah. famous morning dues. We heard January 67. We heard May of 70. May of 72. May of 77. Is there something about May? Maybe. Yeah. And then <laughs> September 18th, 1987, Madison Square Garden. Because New York is where everything goes to die.
So what do you think? What are your thoughts on that song? Did you did anything change now from what you thought you knew of it coming in? Not maybe not change it, but what what added to it? Like what did you what nuances did you learn? Yeah, what I what I did, not listening to a lot of later shows in the '80s, especially like realizing that that song cannot be fucked with. You know what I mean? Like realizing that that song was so strong the way they conceived of it from the beginning that it really other than small changes whether it was like the twang yeah like jerry's playing a different guitar yeah yeah or 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 but but the energy the build the crescendo at the end like the the conception of the way that song was constructed was so well done from the beginning that it just couldn't be fucked with and it wasn't and it, it and little things like you were saying like in the 80s they weren't adding you know it didn't get 80s it wasn't like he was adding midi guitar or some shit to that like it was just he didn't do a pan flute solo right it was just morning dew from beginning yeah. to end and it was just so well conceived from the writing of the song from the original songwriter to the orchestration from the dead and from the way they constructed their jams to they get the crescendos and all that. It just, it just, you know, and, and the, the nuances are interesting and different and that's what we were talking about, but it, it, it just stayed the same. But what about the musical style of itself? Like it, it, it always seems timeless. Like it sounds like a song from 67. Then it sounds like a song from the early seventies. Then it sounds like a song, like a rock song during the disco era. And then it sounds like you know, like eighties rock, but it 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 sounds like a song that would that just fits in in any concert in any of those periods. So what what is it? I mean, it's not like it's good songwriting, man. That, that's that's what that's what that is. And and and, and like I, that that's the conception. But what is that, it that makes it timeless? What is it about the? Is it is it just because it's just so blues based and it's just basically you know one four five that is just as timeless because it is a just like a basically a one four five song or is it partly but i think it's the emotion i think it's the emotion that it elicits and the ability to put that much emotion into it why would you do anything different than what you can get out of it when you do that so maybe it's just a, a testament to the fact that if you have one song where jerry is going to bend every single note <laughs> ring every sound out of every single note that he plays it's probably going to be a song that people are going to want to hear 20 years later in that way that you can do it and you can get that much energy out of it and if you can get that much energy out of yourself when you're doing it and you're doing it for yourself then the crowd is going to respond yeah because i mean i guess it was self-selecting but i mean i listen to a lot of live dead and if i'm ever just picking a random concert that i haven't heard before of the three songs i'm going to start with just to see if it's a concert i want to listen to morning dew is probably one of them and you don't hear a lot of stinkers you really don't and you know there are times where you would think you would get bored with it I mean, like contrast it with Trey. Like if Trey was, you know, when Trey does his crescendos, you can, you can tell that sometimes he's just taking the band there because he can. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this was, this just seemed, there was just an authenticity and a timelessness to it that I don't mean to compare, you know, they both have bad nights, but, um, 
there's just something about it that it just seems like it never it's that soul it's the energy and emotion that yeah that, that but but i will say that i think that 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 formula that i was talking about before the the songwriting and the orchestration of this uh in the way the jams went i think it didn't open that song up to jams that went to other places other than where a morning dew jam goes they didn't do that as much yeah and i would say that um you know just about the songwriting itself it also is timeless um talking about something that's going to wipe out the earth you know in 67 70 and 72 you know 67 the russians right 70 72 you got vietnam 77 you have disco trying to ruin the world (laughs) the 80s you know the russians are back i mean like in aids um yeah now today we've got our you know just crazy shit so yeah unfortunately yeah it's a theme that is also timeless so it's just it's just a real um just everything came together on this one and you know it's not like it it's not like it's uh luck they they did that dozens and dozens of times with dozens and dozens of their classics but this is just for me right when we were talking about doing doing this the first song i thought of i was like all right if i'm I'm, just give this a go if i have to listen to you know 10 versions of a song you know i'll listen to um morning dew um so this is the first i thought of it immediately you might have wanted to save it then later till when you get sick of this shit well i also (laughs) figured that i also figured that if if ever there was one that i'd be willing to redo and pick like oh, yeah. five new, like more obscure ones or, or yeah. ones that are, have something more interesting to them that we can really delve into. I would want it to be this song too. So once we're like 500 episodes in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If our moms will keep listening that much. <laughs> All right, dude, this was a lot of fun. It was super fun, man. I, it doesn't, I don't fucking care what happens after this. We should just keep doing it because yep. no, it was super fun. We'll see you next time on code names later.